to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. Welcome listeners to a new show brought to you by the two marks this time that we are discussing one division season one episodes one to three and once again the two marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate conversation and social commentary do people remember the days of black and white television has vision got a new job to pay for their mortgage has wanda found her new groove as a 50s housewife will we find out who the nosy neighbor is all this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode let me introduce my friend and co-host the mr 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 mark Pollard. <laughs> well, I've never been called that before, but thank you. How are you? I'm oh, very good, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lurdham. That's stutter. <laughs> How do you want to start this? Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Because uh, I guess we're just going to focus on this TV show as opposed to sort of anything else. Maybe we should just get stuck straight in, really, because we're breaking it down, aren't we? And we're not doing the whole lot in one false week. We're going to do episodes one to three in this show, and then we'll do the remaining. Are we going to do the next three and then the next three or something like that? I think there's nine episodes, isn't there? And we're going to do three, three and three. I didn't do very well at maths at school, but that sounds about right to me. Do you want to tell people how they can get hold of us? Very consummate professional, as always. So, yeah, if you want to find us on the socials, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just type in the two marks and we should pop up. You can email us the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk if, I don't know, you want to send us a lengthy email about all the things we've offended you with. That's perfectly acceptable. If you want to listen to the show, you can subscribe. If you just type in the two marks and all of the major podcast platforms, we should pop up there. Give us a review. Why would you not? And actually, if you do subscribe to the two max podcast channel it means that when we do our other shows so we've got disco fever and picard talk which are star trek shows we've got a film policy where we do film stuff we're obviously doing tv stuff in this all of those have their own channels but the two marks has it all on so it's kind of you can just find everything in one simple place makes our life simpler doesn't it it makes it easier it makes our job easier as well doesn't it it does part of the reason why we now just have that one channel is because that wasn't originally <laughs> we set out and when we realised we had 15 different channels I think both our hearts sank slightly and we decided to consolidate well, it's because we keep coming up with new ideas and then realising every single one would have to have its own Instagram Facebook Twitter so we decided very quickly that actually if we just have our branding and also the other thing is our branding is synonymous with our general outlook to life and how we are so if we ever did personal appearances you'd know how we look <laughs> well in lockdown uh, <laughs> you, you say that I don't generally walk around in a Star Trek uniform you I do I, I get beaten up on a regular basis and i'm generally not walking around like deadpool <laughs> and i think i'm slightly slimmer in that caricature i don't think lockdown's been as it's not been as pleasant to me i'm definitely slimmer <laughs> in that <laughs> well, you, you realize we're gonna have to get them updated out with yeah. like padded faces and it's either that or you invest heavily in just going to the gym now shall we get stuck in then because this is the first day of our new adventure in the marvel TV world post I say post end game it wasn't really because we've had the Spider-Man film it kind of feels like the new beginning doesn't it well I'm glad you said that because let me tell you exactly when this is set so WandaVision is set three weeks after the events of Endgame and then it's followed by Far From Home which is set six to eight months after the events of WandaVision right so that's where it sits chronically this 
this is actually before Far From Home in yeah. terms of timeline. Okay. And again, you know, we always say this about Marvel, but they've obviously mapped this out in someone's creative suite. Well, you say that, but I think the virus has had a real wing ding because Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first, wasn't it? And the Black Widow film was actually supposed to come out before all of that as well. So yeah. they've right royally had to swap stuff around, which I don't know whether, well, we'll see in time just how that has impacted. Well, again, the fact that you mentioned that, in terms of chronology, Falcon and the Winter Soldier happens after the events of WandaVision. Right. So even though WandaVision was supposed to come out first, COVID has been kind to them in that regard, not particularly with the movies. Falcon was coming out first in terms of time. It's actually after the events of WandaVision. Oh my God, just release stuff in the same order. Do WandaVision, do Falcon, do Far From Home. Don't confuse me. <laughs> Life's complicated enough without you putting like time loops in stuff. I mean, because Black Widow is even further back than that, well, isn't it? Well, that's going to be the throw the spanner in the works. What it means is, as Marvel fans, we're going to have all the films that we would have had to see in 2020 and then the ones that have come out in the right year. So we're going to get... OD on Marvel. We are. We're going to have Black Widow, The Eternals. We're also going to have the Ten Rings film. Loki. And then obviously Loki happens. I think all the films are coming to Disney Plus anyway. So somebody's going to be watching a lot of Marvel stuff. <laughs> Let's have another lockdown. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so do you want to do this episode by episode? Because the other thing to take on board with these is slightly different than how Winter Soldier has done it. I was working out when they have their end credits. Your actual episode is about 25 minutes roughly. And the actual total show, including the credits, 30 odd minutes on some of them. And then they promised us hour long shows. So whether that's in America where you end up having advertisements because they weren't hour long shows. My God, can you imagine watching 30 minutes of adverts for a 30 minute show? I know. I think I'd throw myself off the edge of a cliff. It's not a good payoff, that is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> for every minute you watch, you have to watch a minute of adverts. And if it's like 4OD. Well, having just finished watching The West Wing relatively recently and re-equating myself with adverts you can't fast forward through, yeah, I'm fully on board of never watching an advert ever again. The problem isn't that, though, is it's like water torture because it's the same advert, <laughs> it isn't is. it? And oh, then if you do anything, it resets itself back to the same advert. Well, they obviously knew it was me because they just kept on promoting pizzas. <laughs> like that pizza advert. And it's the one that makes you feel like you've taken some hallucinogenics. It's like this oh, okay. purple thing telling you to buy pizza. It's like, listen, purple thing, I don't need you to tell me to buy pizza. I buy enough pizza on my own goodwill, thank you. Yeah. Get on with West Wing. <laughs> so it's taken you probably longer to watch West Wing. and We've gone through two presidents in the time it's taken you to watch West Wing. Actually, there is a life hack. I think you can subscribe to the Four On Demand. Oh, do you know what? If I subscribe to any more TV channels, I'm going to be bankrupt. I mean, Christ alive. Go about 16 already. Where do you stop? Well, with Paramount Plus being launched and obviously CBS Online, Paramount Plus is the latest one. Peacock is another one. All of those are all subscription channels, I think. Hulu. Well, don't get me started on Hulu. I've been ever so excited about watching Handmaid's Tale Season 4 and then you drop this enormous clangor that it's only going to be on Hulu and it's not due out in this country until later on and it'll be on Channel 4. So not only will I have to wait to watch it because I refuse to get another subscription, but I'm going to have to sit through friggin' adverts again because they're on Channel 4. thought you were going to say that. It's literally going to be you watching Domino's Pizzas. And it'll be a release episode each week as well. They yeah. won't just drop it all on there. So it's going to be quite a painful wait for, quite frankly, one of the most exciting TV series I've watched in a long while. And I'm not sure, you know, I know this one's the 10 episode. I think that's because of COVID setting in because they were delayed in filming. I'm not sure whether this is the last season. No, I think there's going to be another one. I think there's going to be... Oh, is there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've read that somewhere. Please don't quote me on it. Well, I look forward to as many as they want to produce. I hope they don't jump the shark because it is actually a good, Brilliant. intense... Yeah, don't flog it like a no. horse. Yeah. When you feel like you've run its course, let, let it, it die yeah. spectacularly. And the other thing is the characters, which is always 
always the victim of success is the the actors who play the characters become more known and obviously less able to do the schedule because they're doing blockbuster films but it's an enjoyable show and if you're not looking at the two marks instagram we put reviews up regularly things we've watched and our opinions so you're able to watch them and put your feedback on them or even ask us to sponsor <laughs> you see another one it came up again yeah it came another up one. a second time didn't it different oh is it a different one yeah same product same thing yeah. so there seems to be a general consensus on social media and product selling people that both mark and i don't spend enough time on our genitalia and therefore need to spend more time grooming it using their products because on the last of film policy i mentioned and read out indeed the promotion message and according to you mark i'm just quickly looking at it to see what it is but yeah it sounds like we've got another opportunity to make money by getting free male grooming stuff it does feel a bit seedy though doesn't it well i know males do a lot more of the manscaping it seems men decided that actually women aren't interested in burst couches in the nether regions you see i've got nothing wrong with that it's the accounts that are sending us the messages which sort of a 20 digit random username they've got no followers and the images are both of pretty women going hi do you want your balls to be like eggs <laughs> it's like I don't know it feels like there's some dodgy Russian fella on the other end of that Instagram. like a fat guy in underpants <laughs> yeah he's in a pizza he just wants to send pictures of our balls to prove that we've shaved them <laughs> dick pics yeah if you're like I'll send out these razors but you've got to promise to send me some yeah. dirty pictures holding a photograph with your name on with your email address on yeah <laughs> and then we suddenly get blackmailed and find our dick pics all over the interweb yeah well we've not replied have we to my knowledge no good <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah nobody <laughs> needs to see those honest, things no. going around. No. Well, I think we should crack on to the job at hand. We should indeed. So, episode one. Episode one. Now, brief overview, really, just looking at what the whole show's premise is. It's based, as we very quickly find out, on classic sitcoms, seemingly involving a homely wonder and vision who are now living a quieter life after in the Avengers. Mm. So, we're kind of in black and white, aren't we, episode one? Mm. Now, I have the added knowledge of knowing why Mark's just doing ums. Tell the listeners why. Mm. This wasn't your favourite, was it? I think episode... Let me put my cards firmly on the table. There's my cards on the table. I thought episodes one, two, and the first 80% of three were just weird. It felt distinctly un-Marvel, with the exception of there was two characters who I recognised from Marvel, and I know it's a Marvel show and therefore could be safe in the knowledge that at some point it would become a Marvel show about Marvel universe stuff that I would become interested in. It's just a real shame it took three episodes for them to pull the finger out of the arse and get round to it if I wanted to watch an episode of Dick Van Dyke or Bewitched or whatever the hell what was episode 3 there's a few isn't episode 3 is Mork and Mindy if I wanted to watch an episode of those I would have done I don't understand for a second why they needed to take so long I'm saying this knowing what happens in episode 4 so at this juncture I'm like why did we need 3 episodes to get to the beginning of episode 4 couldn't we have done in episode 1 what it took you to do in episodes one two and three and then get stuck into some stuff a bit earlier this was just fucking painful mate (laughs) 
I can't describe it any other way. Well, I've chosen to go with the sort of sitcom for these episodes. The other thing was the Brady Bunch that I was thinking of. They've cleverly called it One Division, which I think is quite good. I think, look, Play on the concept's clever. Yeah. Obviously, it's been clever how they've filmed it to do it. But at the end of the day, that humour wasn't particularly funny when I watched it as a kid. And it's even less funny now. So I'm not watching it for the humour. It's dated philosophies and dated situations and scenarios. It doesn't feel current in that respect. And once you get over the fact that, oh, it's quite clever that they're doing these characters in this setting, it's like, yeah, no, but what's this got to do with Marvel? Vision's dead. She's not. So what's going on? I don't get it. My frustration was it took till episode four for me to find out what's going on. And it's a bit like, well, that's an hour and a half of my life or an hour and 20 minutes of my life that I feel frustrated by. I just, I didn't, it was weird. It felt weird. And I was watching it with my missus and only because I watched episode four and found out that it started to get, in inverted commas, a bit more normal, was I able to carry her through to episode four because she gave up on it on episode two. I think the problem is when we've been treated to the wonders of the massive arc of films that we've had to now go to the small screen, you've got that expectation, haven't you, already in your mind of what you want to see and the difference with these particular characters if you've not been a follower of the comics. It'd be like sort of, well, what's this? Kind of jumping ahead into the other episodes that we'll cover. But essentially, the reasons come apparent that she's created this world. She's selected things that she used to watch as a child and replicated them. So essentially, she created her own little world. There's little things that crop up that suggest to you that it's not normal. And those things increase in frequency as you go through episodes one, two, and three. My personal opinion is that by the end of episode two, we should have been where we get to at the end of episode three. I would have been happier with that because I could have accepted what they were trying to do and the scene they were trying to set, the ambience and the arc they were created by doing that. But I just thought they took one episode too long to get there and could have easily lost me at that point. If I wasn't such a Marvel nerd and so excited by it, could have very easily gone, do you know what? I'm not sure I could be arsed with this. I think it would lose people who weren't ardent fans. I think episodes one and two could have been one episode and maybe do another episode. But for me, it was quite nice that they were slowly thrown in little acronisms that shouldn't have been in Hair World, like things being in colour when it's a black and white setting. I thought it was quite novel, simply because what it did show is the wide range One Division allowed the actors to play. So you've got Paul Bettany playing 50s, 60s, 70s characters, and they're doing it in the genre of that time. Shows their acting range. It must have been quite a joyous thing to act. They're playing parodies. Mm. You see, I hate slapstick stuff. I just don't find it funny at all. And those shows, certainly episodes one and two, so Dick Van Dyke and Bewitched, are fundamentally slapstick shows. It's that where the boss comes for tea and, oh my God, everything's going to happen because there's a floating chicken in the kitchen. And it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's, I think, why I didn't engage with this because I hate silly stuff. If you're going to do comedy for me, I want it to be smart comedy. I don't mind it being silly if it's smart, if there's a purpose to it. Having the pantomime, it's behind you, there's a flowing chicken behind you, look behind you. Oh, no, there isn't. Oh, yes, there is. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, fuck off. I liked it when I was five. In fact, no, I didn't. Let me correct you that. I was frustrated but more tolerant when I was five. <laughs> now I'm just intolerant. There's also the fact you might not have had a choice. You might have just been plumped in front of the TV. 
me. That too. That's interesting that your perspective, because I'm about five years older than you, although I didn't think this was like laugh out loud humour, having been brought up with Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy, you know, Three Stooges, and that type of humour, which was all very, almost like the Tom and Jerry type of humour, which is, as you say, slapstick. If I watched it now, I probably wouldn't find it as funny, simply because my humour are a bit more intellectual. Your humour changes, you grow. You say that, I mean, I love Anchorman. Yes. And Wayne's World, they're stupid. Yeah. They are silly stupid, but they're a bit more current, so I don't know whether it's because of my generation that I can relate to them to a degree and therefore give them a bit of a free pass. Whereas Bewitched, I mean, as a kid, I quite enjoyed watching Bewitched, but when I'm 30, I was going to say 30, I'm not at all, I'm 40 now. I was going to say 30 now. Now I'm 40 and I'm watching a Marvel show. I don't want to watch Bewitched, I want to watch a Marvel show. And that's kind of where I felt I didn't mind putting myself through that to a degree because they were being clever and I'm doing air quotes here, you know, they've been all artistic and different and a bit woo and a bit where. But I felt they were just, they almost became self-indulgent in their own cleverness. And then when I listened to people reviewing it and going, oh, that was amazing, absolutely amazing. It's a bit like those films that win Oscars and you think, really? It was all right. It wasn't as brilliant as Endgame didn't win an Oscar for the best movie. And yet I've seen, what was it? Was it Few Country for Old Men? What was the one? Few Country for Old Men? Country for Old Men, isn't it? The yeah, the one with the assassin yeah, guy. Yeah. I watched that and then I watched Endgame and I go, how did that win an Oscar? And Endgame didn't win an Oscar. I agree. But everyone goes, oh, because it's deep and emotional. It had an undercurrent of meaning to it. And it's like, fuck off. Well, what I'm aware of, the people who are tasked with the one job, which would be a great job for you and I, which is to watch movies, they don't watch all the movies. The Oscars is flawed anyway. It's become all about winning the Oscar and dedicating it to the plight of the Penguins or giving Greta Bumberg a proper education. And it becomes less about the quality of the film. Endgame should have at least won one for, even if it was just because somebody got out of bed to make it, to bring all the culmination of all those films should have won Best Organisation I mean, Oscar. In, in its own right, yeah. it should have done it, ignoring the effort that's gone into yeah. doing it. And I feel like WandaVision, it was like the Emperor's New Clothes. Isn't this clever? Isn't this amazing? Look at how cutting edge this is. Whereas I'm sitting there going, well, it's not really cutting edge, is it? Because basically you've copied Bewitched. It's a Bewitched episode, but with new technology that makes it less fuzzy. But it's Bewitched. What's clever about redoing Bewitched? I think that's the point you're making. You're focusing more on the artistic aspect rather than the narrative. That's exactly it. And I think that's the difficulty with moving from big screen to small screen. We know the outcome of them from Endgame. And we know, if you've read the comics, you know the outcome of them from there as well. So you've got these two source materials. I get the impression that these little shows are aperitifs to the movies. I don't play football, but when you have a half time and someone runs around with a box of oranges, <laughs> it's kind of that thing. It's a filler. And because of the gap, forget the COVID shutdown thing, there's usually a year between the movies, at least one year before you see the next sequel. Because of the streaming service on Disney, you actually doesn't feel you're going to be psychologically waiting that long because what you'll have is Falcon Winter Soldier, then a movie, then Loki, then a movie. COVID means we're going to be binging a lot of Marvel. But Yeah, for full disclosure, I've watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the point of recording this. So when I'm talking about these and having seen both of these series now, it does very much feel like these shows are going to be used to add extra depth to the story arcs and to introduce the odd character which will then pop in a film. But it does feel like you could possibly get away with just watching the films with the way in which they've introduced stuff. So if the next Doctor Strange movie has Wanda in and Wanda's doing loads of magic stuff and she's a bit more advanced than she was when you saw her in, say, Ed Game, somebody who's not asked about watching the TV shows probably won't pick up on the subtle changes to her character from Endgame to that Doctor Strange movie. Whereas people like me 
knew who would always watch that TV show anyway, now get to enjoy a bit more backstory, but still arrive at Doctor Strange with more or less the same understanding of the story as the person who's just jumped straight into the film. So it almost feels like it's unnecessary backstory, and I mean that in a good way, as in like we get to get our fix of Marvel on a regular basis, but is it essential viewing? I suspect you could probably get away with not watching it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is an arrogance of the success of Marvel movies that they can now do this on their own streaming channel, embellish characters we know and love. We get to find out that Wanda officially gets her title of Scarlet Witch. We're going to go into Doctor Strange 2 with her as her character. They are stepping stones to the movies. We'll see how Phase 4, Phase 5... You see, you could probably watch the series on their own and not watch the movies. We'll watch it all because we want to. The way Disney are setting their stall out, TV streaming will be these little nuggets and then they might revisit it because I don't think they're going to be doing any more WandaVision. I think that story is closed. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I've got three episodes to watch still. I don't know how that's going to go. They all die. But I believe Hawkeye series, at the end of that, he retires. Right. So what they could well be doing is giving us closure, which you don't always get. But what they're clearly doing with WandaVision, I agree with you that sometimes you can get too clever with the creative and it surpasses the narrative. But because I know the story of Wanda and Vision outside of Well, you've read the comic book, so you kind of know what's going on. And I think that gave me a little bit more of an appreciation, but also tolerance to it. When you're watching, you're going, I don't really want to watch Bewitched or Brady Bunch or whatever. Well, let me put this a different way to you. So, nine episodes that say 20 minutes long. For the purposes of the magic of editing, Mark will introduce this just as I've worked out the answer to it. Nine episodes at around 20, 25 minutes, which if you add it all together is about three hours of show. Three hours is not an unusual length for a Marvel movie to be. Endgame, Mm. Infinity Stone thingy. The Infinity War. The Infinity War. They were all over three hours. If you thought of this as a a movie, how would you feel if an hour into the film you were still absolutely none the wiser as to where you were at? You had no idea what was going on. What's that? Like, literally no idea what was going on. You'd all be miffed, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think it would work, would it? No. You'd still be going, oh, Christ alive, this is a slow film. I was willing to drag this kicking and screaming through episodes one to three. So it's like, Christ, get there already. Yeah, the way they've set the episodes out, going through different periods, 50s, 60s, 70s onwards, if you had that in a movie format, people would just tune out. Yeah. So what did you like about these first three episodes? Let's try and stay something positive, I guess, because we could sit and listen to me moaning incessantly forever. Well, I mean, just to kind of remind people of what actually happened in episode one, maybe I can draw what I got from it. And then I'll bitch slap you back down with my moaning. Well, I don't know you will because if your notes have anything to go by you probably have only got three sentences (laughs) if I'm lucky. What I will say is I think I was probably a bit nerd festy with this because having read the comics and familiar with the way their stories continued in the comics when I was seeing things that resonated in that respect I got a bit excited. Now with respect to you, you might have not seen those that may be why it was confirmation bias. I don't particularly like slapstick, I'm not a big fan of this particular type of structure it's not telling me anything I need to know let's crack on. I was properly excited a little bit of we coming out because I don't know Vision might have seen something that I was familiar with let's set the scene so basically Vision's got a job they've got a house now it's the 50s this particular episode as is typical as Mark alluded to you've got the period of the time with the woman at home the housemaker making the tea his boss invites himself he has an overbearing offensive boss who invites himself around for tea with the added cheek of going well if you don't have a 16 piece or orchestra and gold plated forks you're getting sacked in the morning 
vision and anyone else in this world would go alright cool here's me notice well, take a leap the days when your promotion was based on what culinary delights your wife would unknowingly create in a kitchen full of magic as you can imagine you have an android who is married to a magical person and then they've got this exchange happening on the phone where they're both confused by what's happening because well there's something in the calendar isn't it and they can't remember what it is and yeah. I took this as sort of being the first flag that there's obviously something untoward here because of course the last time we've seen these people Vision's got a big hole in his head and, uh, and Wanda's fighting aliens to have got here and to have these occasional odd things you obviously do go mm, obviously there's something not right but I kind of already knew that before the credits had started so yeah start off in a Dick Van Dyke style which is influenced by the period it's got those typical stereotypes still in place to kind of paraphrase this it's going to be quite quick because it's only about a 25 minute episode long story short they have lunch she's not prepared it because she's confused what was mentioned about when he's saying he's going to come home to celebrate and she thought he meant with him and he brought the boss and his wife she brought her boss and the wives <laughs> I'll throw it in now as an Easter egg. The lady who plays Mrs. Hart is Deborah Jo Rook. She's like the sitcom queen. Maybe a nice little nod to the fact that she's been in a lot of things. She played Kitty Foreman in the 70s show. She's been in New Heart, Family Matters. The list goes on. To have her in this meta soap opera style episode was pretty good. As you can imagine, calamity ensues. They're trying to create this wonderful meal based on him getting a promotion. Doesn't that technically cast as bribery? Taking your boss, playing him with food and drink in the bin to get promotion. I mean, that's the modern-day equivalent to sleeping with your boss so you get pumped up the ladder, isn't it, really? Is that why I never got promoted? That's exactly why, because even when you did sleep with them, you were just unimpressive. (laughs) (laughs) I got demoted instead. I was back in the mailroom. They've kept with the themes of the times. So if nothing else, actually what it is a reminder of is how things were and how we've moved forward as a society. I don't know, based on Harvey Weinstein, I think it's still around, isn't it? (laughs) The casting couch has always been there. I think people have been blind to it. Let's not get on the tangent no no I mean, I'm, I'm just I saying get it. You are I'm right. just saying there are bad bosses still out there who, yeah. who will quite happily say well if you do this this and this then yeah. uh, you'll progress happily Harvey Weinstein was unavailable for comment because he's currently serving time allegedly, allegedly. I'll throw the word yeah, allegedly yeah. just in case it's sued. always a winner yeah, to yeah. be fair you know if it would have propelled my career I would have gone with Harvey Weinstein <laughs> <laughs> I should say as well, Deborah Rook, I thought she was great in this. I, I particularly liked the little dancing she does in front of the window. I don't know what she does, but it, I really liked it. It was probably the one thing I took away from this episode that I particularly did enjoy. Once you understand what they're trying to achieve, once you get past that, and also that the episodes are far shorter than any other shows we watch, are usually about 43 minutes. So obviously the, the meal doesn't go particularly as planned, and there's a little bit of a situation where, as a viewer, we get a clear indication that things aren't. Unicorns and rainbows are as they should be when Vision's boss chokes on a chicken bone or something a fish bone he should have chewed his food properly yeah on the back of the calendar this was obviously the second thing which for that briefest of moments when Vision's sort of watching him die and she sort of tells Vision off for not helping that's when you sort of go ah okay we might be getting somewhere here only mm. to then have to sit through another episode of nonsensical slapstick so yeah that's most of that episode isn't it really where the meal is isn't that fundamental proving my point as to what was wrong with the bulk of these 
first three episodes that we could gloss over a 20 minute episode could we have glossed over a 20 minute Star Trek episode in the same way no because it packs it full of stuff to digest whereas this we're essentially going to be spending time just talking about how pretty it was in black and white and how clever they were doing it ooh yeah they kept everything realistic you know all the tricks and the effects were all very true to the time it's like yeah no but I'm watching a programme in 2020 I get that and I suppose it's only significant if you enjoy that type of thing or it resonates with you but you're right I mean 20 minute episodes short to begin with there's no post credit scene there's the new please stand by icon thing the one thing I didn't particularly understand was the Hydra adverts that they sort of stick in the middle of the show because it didn't feel like that was necessarily something that made sense. Wanda hasn't particularly come across Hydra at all. She has. Has she went? Oh, yeah, I suppose she worked for she them. Got, no, she didn't work for them. She got her powers from them. Yeah. So the end scene, Von Strucker has her and her brother in a cell. Yeah, I suppose. I don't, still don't really understand. I, don't, I still don't really understand why there's adverts in there because is is Wonder assuming somebody's watching this as a TV show I mean this well is... she's created this whole thing and it's probably again a creative decision where they've gone well of the time you would have had an advert now the toaster advert does actually connect to one of the later episodes when the Stark Industries rocket crashes and the flashing light I mean I've got an easter egg on it because there's, there's a there's a link to the, to the comics on the nickname uh, or derogatory term that Vision was referred to which in fact was toaster but yeah I suppose I've got lots of questions about it but we should move on because I, I feel well, like I've been a negative Annie but what I'll do is go through the things I picked up on which I've already mentioned a couple of them the other things as Mark mentioned was the Bewitched link the two others I noticed was I Dream of Jeannie and I Love Lucy both 50s and 60s period sitcoms that they've replicated 23rd of August which is a bit of a shame because my birthday's on the 22nd now that's something that seems to be a thing now I don't know whether if you add the two numbers together because America has theirs in the wrong way round so they'd be 823 but if you do it the other way round 238 is an Avengers comic that story dealt with an incapacitated vision trying to reactivate uh... so you gotta go deep question obviously out of this episode because there's not much other than you know how to cook a chicken <laughs> or not or throw a lobster out the window I would have gone right after that lobster who is Agnes You've who got... is Agnes she's just this typical nosy neighbour we've character. all had those neighbours though haven't yeah. we you know the ones where when you see them on the street you kind of slip... <laughs> I don't think any of me neighbours are going to be listening to this you know when they're opening say a gate to go somewhere and th- this is going back this is where I live now just for the record in case my neighbours are listening you'd slow down so that you didn't get there at the same time that they're stationary because you didn't want to have to have a conversation with them because you know you'd be there for like six hours then you haven't seen you them just, yeah yeah you don't want to engage in a mass dialogue of what's the latest goings on in yeah. and around that area you just want to go home and have your tea there are people out there you just swear isn't there never inviting for tea but in this particular case with the boss and his wife come around for tea there's that awkward moment when she's replicating the traditional Sokovian greeting which is a great little nod to her origins and then there's the response that Arthur gives which is of the time so again brownie points for researching it properly where he says we don't break bread with Bolsheviks which is a reference to the red scare of the period now this is a bit clever now on the wine they're drinking it's called Mazan du Mapri which translates into House of Contempt now the other interesting thing which is because I've read the comics 
the logo, you get House of M. And what's the House of M? House of M was a comic series uh, about Wonder and how she went a little bit. Got you. I just want to hear you pronounce that French title of Mazon du Mapri. <laughs> Love it. I've been practicing that in the that, bathroom. That's someone with a Scouse accent trying to say something French. Mazon du Mapri. Sound like the guy off Only Fools and Horses. As we've already mentioned, the Toastmate 2000, you know, Stark Industries are. Ultron 1 looked a bit like Vision, but the version Ultron 1 looked a bit like a toaster. And when he appeared in the comics, the toaster was used as a derogatory term to describe Vision by humans who were suspicious of him. Yeah. So that's the link there. Then the end, because again, it's a really short episode, blink if you miss it, the Vile of Lucy style crawl with the credits. And then we see that it's being monitored and we get the sword logo and we get like a wider version of this, giving the viewer an indication that all is not as it should be. And maybe meta, because when we're watching a programme, we are in fact the observer. Anyone who's seen Cabin in the Woods, the ancient ones are in fact the viewers who demand blood, which is why they have to have sacrifices. There's the sword logo. If anyone's listened to our Captain Marvel podcast on a film policy, I made some predictions with regards to sword. For those who don't know what it means, it's sentient weapon observation response division. However, in the comics, the mandate was sentient world observation response department. Also, just for the record, people, Mark has his notes by his bed and every time he wakes up every morning, he flicks through those notes to see whether any of them have been correct. And on the basis that 1% of his notes are now correct, he will not shut up about the fact that he's correct predicted this one particular thing. Also, for the record, listeners, if you've not heard Mark's podcast before, you know he bangs on no end about being right. I usually am. Just listen to them. They're just wild guesses as well, usually, which probably makes it all the more unreasonable when I am. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. I'll take that. Take it, yeah. <laughs> the unusual thing with these is we've become accustomed with Marvel doing a post credit scene. These few episodes that we're talking about don't have that. They kind of have something Please right at the wait. very end, don't they? The last few episodes do, but what they do have is the world longest credits. I was thinking it was going to be like a 35 minute episode, and when 20 minutes had gone and ended, and I had seven minutes of just credits, and but then more credits because they show this please stand by icon thing. So that was what I got from episode one. I mean, I don't know whether you got any of those. Yeah. 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 The end of episode one, I was left feeling slightly confused that I was watching the wrong show, feeling slightly stupid because I wasn't sure whether I'd missed something blatantly obvious and that it was just me missing it. Obviously, my missus was sitting next to me looking thoroughly confused, so at least I had the comfort attached to the fact that we were both equally bemused by where this was going. But we were remaining optimistic that season two would probably answer some of those questions so that we wouldn't be left feeling so in the dark. So we do episode two? Yeah. So we move into more of the bewitched style sitcom feel. Mm. We're still in black and white at this point. Mm. Then We're the, still acting silly buggers, well, as my again, grandma would describe it. The interesting thing about this is, like I said with the Red Scare, due to the time and broadcast standards and practices, non-married couples didn't share the same bed. You might think, why aren't they sleeping in the same bed together that's the reason why now we begin to see more of the cracks mm. um, do we though we get the tree thing don't we well we get the helicopter that, that she finds in the hedge which is in colour so that's the first thing that crops up but I can't think of anything particularly obvious in the second episode where it made me stop and think really uh-huh. okay what's going on here the thing I saw was that this time round there seemed to be a lot more nods that there was something outside of the so I suppose the, it was the sort of the beaky moment wasn't there in the street later on bear in mind as we find out she's created all of this she's probably convinced herself because she's that powerful that actually what she's seen aren't due to her and again going back to the fact that we know this 
isn't right. We know this is a bit weird just because we've seen these characters in other films. So we're like, well, this isn't their normal setting. He's dead for a start. So we're already thinking this isn't weird. Finding a coloured helicopter in a black and white episode only reconfirms what we already know, which is that this isn't normal, which is kind of where my patience started to thin. Because I'm like, well, yeah, no, but I need you to explain what's happening. I don't want to just keep on going, oh, this isn't right. There's something weird at foot. I know something weird's at foot because I'm looking at wandering black and white and I'm looking at dead vision walking around fine in black and white. That isn't normal. This is the episode that they did magic trick. Yeah. This is the ridiculous thing where he eats chewing gum and then they do that stupid cartoony thing where it gungs up all his inner workings, which is just so. I'm with you on that. Vision is one of the most complicated, complex, sentient beings there could be. We're not talking a Vic 20 here about Commodore 64 who wouldn't have a digestive system. He started acting like he was was drunk. drunk. It's that really shit drunk as well. Overacted drunk. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, for acting, being drunk is one of the hardest things to do. You can either do it very well or, as you rightly say, you can look shit. Whether that was meant to be... It was meant to be and I I accept it was meant to be. I'm going to go back to your pantomime comment. The thing that got me was, even though we had this wonderful diagram of what was going on in his inner workings... No, no, but I think it was oversimplifying almost as a symbol that that's what was happening. Yeah. But it was still shit and it still made no sense and the effects made even less sense and the shenanigans that came from that nonsensical situation just were irritating. Having seen them, I agree, with could have been one episode, which means you would have had an episode of 40 odd minutes, roughly. Because it's I wouldn't padded. even done that. I'd have been quite happy with a 20 to 30 minute episode covering most of episode one and two. I don't even think you'd need to keep the same running time. I think you could have just condensed the circus into 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, and then prior to that, if my memory serves, she has this committee meeting which shows the ridiculousness of committee meetings Dottie who's the head of the committee and she seems to have like a stroke and hesitate and then there's the moment where you hear a voice over the radio I mean that seems apart from the magic shenanigans seems to be most of that episode yeah again it's like episode one with the calendar and the choking in this one you've, you've got a couple more extra ones so you've got the weird beekeeper guy you've got the helicopter you've got the radio signal so they're increasing the frequency of the clues that something's not right yeah but even bearing in mind it isn't till the beginning of episode four where we actually get the answer to that question we're still at this point in episode two miles off having even the slightest clue what's going on yeah and i can see why you would be frustrated you want it to move forward in terms of recapping the episode that kind of pretty much covers it i mean the only thing i've got to add to that is the easter eggs that- well yeah i mean i haven't seen the comic books so i miss things like senior scratchy yeah which was probably a dead giveaway to anyone who's read the comics about Agatha and Signor Scratchy, which would have been red flags for you guys, whereas I missed that completely. I just thought it was still an annoying neighbour with a bunny rabbit. Again, with short episodes, I think people are not expecting to have lots of Easter eggs. This particular one, Bova, character in the comics of a cow. If you go back in the history of Marvel, Bova Milk is in the advert section of this episode. Bova is a character that evolved that could talk like a human, served as a midwife to Wanda and Petro. And it's a cow. Yeah, it's a cow. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> if you go if you go way, way back to when these characters were written, there's superheroes that do the most ridiculous things. So there's like a razor man who basically can rub stuff out. 
that's his power. I mean, listen, I get that. I quite like hearing these Easter eggs, and I think it's a nice nod to the historic stuff, which, because it's so ridiculous now, probably won't get any time of the day going forward. But because I didn't know that, kind of was a bit of a miss on me. I think they're subtle ones and they're not meant to be seen. A lot of people now, again, probably from arrogance, but as Marvel fans, we've come to love the staple of Easter eggs. That's what they do when we've had the post credit scenes. It drops a little nugget of information for us. Do you remember the time when we walked out and the guy chased us in the cinema and he was like, there's another post credit scene? Because we'd watched it and we didn't realise it was yeah. two, did we? Yeah, and he came after us and we actually caught the... Bless him. I know. Fair play, like he could have just ignored it and let us go. He it's... obviously recognised the word nerd as we walked out. <laughs> yeah. and we were like, these two nerds are going to yeah. feel bad. It's because we were shaking like we're on some E. <laughs> the Grim Reaper, the helmet gets showing. The helmet I and beg the, your pardon. His helmet pops up. It's in the animated part of this episode. In the comics was an extremely annoying villain. He was, in fact, the brother of Simon Wonderman Williams. We're never going to see, I don't think, because he was a racist and very angry. <laughs> <laughs> So angry racists. You don't need a cartoon to you see that. You just watch Donald you, Trump. Yeah, you just put the telly on and watch the news. There's a lot of angry racists. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Taking on the former American president. Got me. We need to get on our Patreon. <laughs> to pay yeah. our legal fees. Patreon.com forward slash the pod station if you'd like to pay for our legal fees. Although actually we probably get a lot of money because allegedly people don't like him. <laughs> That word's great, isn't it? It just covers everything. The town that they're in that Wanda has, inverted commas, created is called Westview. I think it's supposed to be based on the way episode three looks. It's in New Jersey. In the comics, 1980s comics, New Jersey's their home. Right. So I think there's a link. The house number is 2800. That is the designation of the multiverse, Earth 2800. Then in the magic trick, they called Illusion and Glamour. They were stage magicians, so actual famous stage magicians, Ilya and Glamour. Linus Zarkov. Cool. There you go. Then we were introduced to Geraldine. Mm. Now, we know who Geraldine is. Well, we do from episode four. We get a clue, which we'll come to in a moment, about episode three. But at this juncture, she was just another person. So yeah. it wasn't of any particular interest to me at this point. We didn't know who the young girl we was. We didn't know what we know now. Agnes again, Geraldine, Dottie, Phil, Beth. They're all names that could actually be, and a lot of fans were saying this at the time, Satan Seven. They're all names in the comics of Satan 7 but we'll see how this develops you mentioned the helicopter with it's in colour when it's showing black and white is in Iron Man colours mm-hmm. yeah or arguably you could say vision colours depending on how you want to go I thought it was more Iron Man if I'm being honest I thought it was Iron Man and it's got the hashtag 57 which is when Vision made his appearance in the 1968 edition as already mentioned it's got the logo of Sword not too sure what this means but it could be part of an external influence what could it mean I know then we have the Strucker commercial with the Hydra logo Baron von Strucker basically the Tesseract was used on them and they got their powers from that he's also in The Gifted if you've watched the X-Men spin-off on Fox as it was he was basically a Nazi who had mystical artifact that gave him powers Satan's claw and again another devil link there's another link to maybe a, a villain in one of the films Kang the Conqueror same two actors appear in both of the commercials and that's what popped up in this episode cool let's just recap we're at the end of episode two we've still not got a scooby-doo what's going on there's the odd suggestion that things are a bit weird which we kind of already know but beyond that we're still watching essentially a 1960s slapstick tv show your favorite yeah i think i went to bed at this point there was still episode three to watch i'll be playing well and i went to bed and watched episode three the following day because i just couldn't bring myself to watch (laughs) another episode of that wow okay hopefully episode three will start us on a path to greatness because now we're in full color 
Fuller. Mm. So we move into the world of Brady Bunch and Mork and Mindy for those fans of 70s shows. What did you think of this one? Exactly the same for episode one and two. It was only at the very end where, and we'll obviously spoil where, Geraldine asks the question, mentions Ultron and then gets thrown through the brick wall. I was like, right, shit's getting interesting now. Yeah. And I think there was a bit as well where Vision comes out, he's hedge cutting through the, the wall yeah. and things are starting to go a bit awry. That's when I was like, okay, now we're getting into something interesting. I feel like we're just cusping the answer to the question that I'm after. It's just a shame that we still don't really get the answer until the beginning of episode four. Because at the episode three, she obviously wangs Geraldine off and she wakes up in full colour, surrounded by army trucks and the like, and you're going, right, okay, next episode we're going to find out what's going on. That's the point, isn't it? But that's the point yeah. where we actually go, okay, we're now going to find out what we've been doing for the last three episodes. I can imagine you on the edge of your sofa, just shaking, waiting to find out. That's exactly the point in which you know now that there is something afoot. Well, I'm going to get some answers. Yeah, yeah. That, That's what it was. It was like, for Christ's sake, I'm just about to get some answers. My attitude to episode three is it was slightly less irritating than episodes one and two because it had more suggestions that the things that were going awry were more prevalent mm. and more frequent. But it was still an episode where we're still going, things are a bit weird. And I'm going, yes, I fucking know because I've watched two episodes of this and yeah. I kind of want to get to that. By this point, my tolerance levels were pretty low, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Hopefully our next episode of the podcast will be full of delights. Because we had a pregnant woman trying to hide being pregnant. It's like, how do you hide an enormous stomach? Well, not only that, she's getting pregnant. I've been trying to hide my enormous stomach for years without any joy whatsoever. Well, I've been pretending that I'm going swimming and I've had one of those life preservers around me. <laughs> and if anyone asks me, it's just off to the baths. But she's not just pregnant, she's getting more pregnant to the point where she's almost water breaking. No, no, but then you've got the stork walking around the house and it's like, oh, the stork's behind you. Oh, we'll best distract you. Oh, look, quick, catch Your this favorite. orange. And then everyone catches the orange and then she scares the stork away. But then the stork comes back and she goes, oh, so it's like, oh, I'm a dear. But we've all had those moments when you've got a stork on that you're trying to distract people from. I've many a time pretended it was one of those circus games that you throw a hoop over, but sadly it fell off. A small penis. But Vision starts asking a bit more questions because he's a bit perplexed about what's going on now. And this is where you feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. No point during this episode do I feel like we're out of the tunnel, but no. I can start to feel like there's a glimmer of hope that we will get out of this shitness and get to a bit that feels more Marvel. And, and this episode, I suppose, did lead up to it, but it was still inherently irritating. The other thing that isn't a usual environment, Dr. Nielsen turns up, which I'm not sure whether that's supposed to be a cheeky little Easter egg, but the Doctor's called Stan Nielsen, so it could be Stan Lee, it could be Nielsen, as in these television stats tell you what demographic are actually tuning in. He's aware, because he's a doctor, that her pregnancy's moving on at a pace, because he says, oh, is it about four months? Months and she's like, we'll say, well, an hour ago. Vision, I noticed, because it's, what, 70s now? Mm. Scarlet Witch is wearing the skimpier bathing costumes. He's wearing more appropriate colours, but they're wearing them in his vision colours and he's trying to put the swing set yeah at the very very beginning blank that out of my mind I'm trying to think of other stuff that happened in that episode but this is the point uh, again yeah. imagine when we do our Star Trek season 3 of Star Trek Discovery has by far and away not been a good season there's enough in each episode for us to talk or moan incessantly for an hour about whereas for this episode if you take out the stupid pregnancy shenanigans and the hiding of the stalk and all the rest of 
of it. It doesn't leave a huge amount to analyse in terms of an actual Marvel story, does it? No, that's the problem. We're just picking out kind of the bullet points, really, aren't we, of things that we remember. This episode is basically her being pregnant. Because it's when she's talking to Geraldine and Petro gets mentioned for the first time that you see a wobble. It's the first time that she hesitates. He says, doesn't she, that he was killed by Ultron. You now know that Geraldine isn't part of yeah. this world that's been created by Wanda very quickly is slung <laughs> out the window. I mean, I've asked people to leave my house on occasions. I've never thrown them through about 15 walls. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> well, that's what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Maybe you should. By the end of this episode, it has her lying in a field surrounded by army, trucks and a base camp. And we don't know who the base camp is. We don't know why they're there. We don't know what they're there to do. We don't know what's happened. We don't know who she is. None of those questions are answered until episode four, which is why I say that for me, the story almost doesn't get started until then. And episodes one, two and three are almost set in the scene and not to sound like a broken record, although I'm sure I am, the setting of the scene for me could have been much more condensed Mm. and still been as effective as I feel it was intended to be. So to round this episode, without giving away stuff that we're going to talk about in episode four, five and six, there's not much else other than she essentially gives birth to twins. Yeah, and that's it. And I would say for anyone who's listening to this, go, God, I couldn't listen to Mark moaning. Aside from the fact that I moan just generally all the time anyway, my feelings towards this series vastly improve from episode four onwards. It feels like it kicks in and I thoroughly enjoy it from that point after. I didn't find it massively offensive, episodes one to three. I just thought it was meh. I was watching them trying to be a bit subjective on it because, you know, you don't want to detract from the fact that you love Marvel, but at the same time, did think some things didn't need to be there. I think there was a lot of wasted stuff. I think they just wanted to make it not feel marvel mm. I think they wanted to make it stand out so significantly from the films that had gone before that they went to this extreme level and Falcon and the Winter Soldier has received a lot more criticism because it, from the get-go, is very much like a Captain America film. Okay. You know, insofar as the setting, the storyline, the character types, the challenges that they're facing, etc., etc., they're all very consistent to what we've seen before in terms of style and what have you, whereas Wanda starts black and white, you've got no idea what's going on, and even the jokes are of an age that's 50, 60, 70 years ago, and so it immediately distinguishes itself quite dramatically. I think my issue is that that almost feels like it's style over substance. Yeah, because I'd seen it after you'd watched it, and I was trying to not go into it with pre- You probably heard me moan about it. Well, I tried not to, didn't I? I did try not to influence you, because I was sort of going, well, you watch them, and you tell me what you think, but normally you can tell when I'm I'm feeling less enthused about stuff. I pick up the vibes, but I agree that one and two should have been one episode, but this one mostly is mostly her being pregnant. If you're happy to move on to just the Easter eggs I picked up on that. Yeah. This is kind of reminiscent of the Carol Danvers storyline in the Avengers comic 200, where she suddenly ends up being pregnant. On a side note, in the comics, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, delivers the twins, which is why I think it works that she's going to go into Doctor Strange multiverse of madness. Billy and Tommy, which are the twins, they are the same as in the comics, Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepard. Now, interestingly, on a side note, as I run back to the top of my notes in additional information... Uh, Hang on, let me go to my additional information on my note. On that post-it note you have there. (laughs) Billy was named by Vision, who is actually named after William Shakespeare. Uh Thought that was quite interesting. And another thing I've got in my notes, the brooch that's being worn by Agnes is the same one in episode one and two. And it's the same one in the comics worn by a particular character that I'm not going to mention, even though you've seen it, you know, 
speaking too soon. You'll have to tune into the next episode. Now, did you notice that at the time, or is that something you're only now aware of because you've done the research? I knew it of the time. Okay. The clue is Agnes. It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? The letters in the person far off, is it? Mm. The biggest giveaway for me, which we're going to go on to on, our, on episode two of this, it was the Halloween thing. Mm. Um, the natural stop, I'm sure there's more Easter eggs, but they released the first two episodes, didn't they, at the same time? Then episode three came out a week later. I almost feel like if they'd have released the first four episodes, I know that's almost like releasing half of the first season, but if I'd have been able to get there, I might have had a bit more time, but because I had to wait essentially two weeks... (laughs) to find out where we were going. They've been released every week. You've got to wait, haven't you? If you're binging them, you're getting all of that information overload. Because I'd read The House of M and was familiar with the characters, also, unfortunately, can't avoid people posting stuff. And all it did was reaffirm... I do, we just don't go on social media. You are the opposite of me on social media. You are the social media guru. I know, but I don't read anything oh, okay. on that. Just and post. I, for someone who does Instas all the live oh, on no, day... No. I, I post stuff for work purposes yeah. only, but I don't read anything. If you notice, I don't like things or comment on things generally and it's not because I'm rude or ignorant it's just because I don't want to be on social media <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that I've actually gone opposite more recently I've, I've been commenting yeah no you are you're very diligent it puts me to shame sometimes but I don't feel I can change my ethos I don't know whether it's because we have our own channel to look after for me there's always a payoff I'm either editing or I'm doing social media and something always loses I can't get the balance yet to do editing and reviewing so I know he says with like 15 Disco it's Fever episodes still to go <laughs> You walked into that I one. I did. I, on. know, I knew that was going to be the answer. You were like leading with your chin. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, wait, we're double chins. <laughs> All six of them. Yeah. So Billy and Tommy are the two kids in the, in the comics. Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepard in the comics. They are imbued with shards from Mephisto. Now, I thought Mephisto, which is not a porn star name, was going to be in this. I had money down on Mephisto being the villain. I think you mentioned that to me really early on. Yeah. I didn't know who it was. In fact, I might have even Googled it on the back of your conversation just to see who it was. I gave you two names, if my memory is yeah. right. I people I thought were going to be linked to it. One of them was right. To give him credit, it was one of those other notes that he found under his pillow that was correct that's now been framed and is on his wall <laughs> now what we might start seeing just to give some context to future stuff when we talk about Avengers how does an Avenger know what's happening all over the country the Avengers as an initiative had different groups so you had the West Coast Avengers and then you had the Young Avengers that I think looking at the way they're introducing certain characters in the phased films we could well see a Young Avengers film yeah you see I need to read up on the Young Avengers because I don't really know who they are. The lady in this, who we're not talking about really. Or, Got you. Or should we just say it? Okay. Should we just say it? Yeah. If you haven't watched the full season and you don't want to know, for the next 30 seconds skit. Geraldine is Monica Rambo, who's the daughter of Maria Rambo, who, for just a little side knowledge, we find out in this show that she died in 2020. Mm. This is where the time of the film and everything fit in. And then we also understand with the exchange with Wanda that there's a little bit of not happiness with Captain Marvel. And because we now know that Monica Rambo is going to play a role in Captain Marvel 2 hopefully and it could well be because Captain Marvel is off planet answers one of your questions I thought in this episode that actually when we're talking about powerful superheroes you are not a big fan of Superman in so much as he has powers he's unparalleled yeah. yeah he literally just he sunbathes basically he just does everything yeah he but, can do everything but when you kill him all you do is put him in a black suit and shove him in front of the sun or a toaster and he's back to his full power Captain Marvel's on a par the writers obviously when they were doing end 
game realized that probably she would batter Thanos and it's kind of alluded to in this episode where she said well couldn't he have taken on Thanos on his own and so she obviously went off world but I imagine reading in between the lines whilst Carol Danvers Captain Marvel was off world Maria Rambeau died well basically her best friend she wasn't there when her best yeah. friend was Paula jibbed yeah and as a result of that the daughter she got too big she was yeah. like big world yeah the daughter who actually if you remember the film designed her costume got her jacket and everything yeah no jibbed. Marvel went Billy Big Time yep 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 there's a little bit of bad um, blood yeah so hopefully that gets resolved or at least picked up on in second film and then that also could tie into the series Secret Wars which I thought they were going to cover in Captain Marvel if I'm honest but they didn't probably because it's an Origins film we get the sword logo again on the pendants uh, Beekeeper you mentioned Agnes again I mentioned it has the brooch which is from the comics with the three witches now there could well be a link to Macbeth possibly maybe working for the Quasar villains or the Maelstrom or the Inhumans which is another Marvel show have you seen the Inhumans? No I haven't watched it's on Disney so I'm currently really having to work very hard to get my way through season 5 of S.H.I.E.L.D. and if I either give up on that or when I've eventually managed to fight my way through to the very end I might start on Inhumans he didn't get a very good write up did it? he got ditched after one first season. season and it's not even a big season either you know when you commit to something yeah. all I'll say is you're going to have to just bite down okay <laughs> <laughs> oh goody so when they've finished biting down on season 5 onwards of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm going to bite down on Inhumans I might just jib both these off actually you're in a good position because the Inhuman story arc carries on from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right so one of the seasons I think you've already watched season 4 covers the Inhumans yeah if you haven't seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. but you see this is before they had the X-Men rights and now they've got the X-Men rights so I almost feel like all of this is going to become irrelevant very quickly because they're going to start introducing X-Men into the Marvel universe universe yeah well get watching it quicker <laughs> but it's not it got cancelled but there might be a link to there or it could be sheer coincidence well it could be it, <laughs> it, it could be it, it could be a link to hellstrom which i've just watched very very good bit darker it was as if they were going to try and go on the horror-esque style genre i thought it particularly good but satana who's the sister to damien hellstrom could be one of the witches potentially as mentioned we get the fact that pietro was killed by ultron referencing age of ultron this then shows when she gets well that was the first time i went oh hello yeah so she gets thrown out the back door no 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 she didn't get thrown through the back door <laughs> what did she get she got through the wall yeah but she didn't she go through the window thing i'm saying back door i don't know it's not where people are supposed to go through put it that way a door is where people are supposed to go through a walk. she did not throw her through the door i'm sure she crashed through the wall she went through umpteen like that didn't yeah she? yeah yeah there was some not too subtle removals clear that wanda is beginning to lose a little bit of cohesion with her world that she's made and then another little link to the house of m storyline the fact that she's made this environment where people almost coercion in a way when she throws her through the wall that's when i thought ah everyone's here because of Wanda up to this point they kind of imply that maybe she's here under duress yeah but it's when somebody says something she doesn't like and she just throws them through a brick wall yeah that you think ah okay you're in control of this you're the one who's deciding what the story is as I say that's when I pricked up and went nice we're gonna find out what's happening and then Absolutely. bloody credits started <laughs> yeah. I was like for crying out loud seven minutes of credit seven yeah and then the only other thing the commercial this time round is the Hydra soak which implores people to 
find the goddess within. Now that could be a little cheeky Easter egg to the new Thor film, Love and Thunder. I found my goddess within years ago. <laughs> You've got a face like oil of Olay. <laughs> and that's what I picked up on. If the season was to have ended right there, and I know it's a silly question because of course you're halfway through, but based on that, out of five, what would you have given the show? Out of five? Yeah. Okay. I know we normally go out of ten, but we because do. we do our reviews on Instagram out of five, I feel we should start using that metric or okay. else everyone's going to get confused. Out of five stars, what would you give this show if it was to end right now? Ignoring the unfinished story arcs, but in terms of its enjoyability, about your experiences, all that sort of stuff. Based on my understanding of the comics, I'd give it a two, only because I think I knew a bit more going into it. Kind of spoiled it, but at the same time, I think I maybe benefited more, even though some of the things I felt didn't really need it, because I was excited about the fact of what it was developing as a story about Wanda and Vision. So, for example, when we see Christopher Pike in Star Trek, to use that analogy, fans of the show will already know that he's in a wheelchair, but we're seeing him captain in the bridge. We already know the outcome of him, and I kind of put my mind in that setting, which is, I already know the outcome from the House of M storyline. I wanted to see what Marvel would do, based on that too. You see, I'd give it a two as well. I think it'd be harsh to go below that, but I feel mine's probably a lower two for that reason. Okay. You kind of knew what was happening, why it was happening, and where it might go, which gave you a tolerance level I think I didn't have. Yes, I think that's about right. I mean, the House of M storyline is almost the DC's Flashpoint storyline. I mean, Civil War, Secret Wars, House of M, they're all comic storylines that were massive because of what went on and the devastation from those storylines. Comics do that a lot of time, sometimes to reset characters, sometimes to hand the baton over. Well, let us know what your thoughts are. Throw us a comment on our social medias, The Two Marks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us an email, the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk if you're so inclined. Give us a review, give us a follow, subscribe, give us money for our legal bills. We'll catch you next time when we obviously cover episodes four, five and six, which I am thoroughly more excited about because this is where I feel I can contribute more. It picks up now, doesn't it? Yeah. There's lots to digest about. There's the blip you can look at. There's the change from shield to sword. You've got characters that you recognise from yeah. different films. Yeah. It all starts to become interlinked. There's like loads more to be getting at. You know what's going on with Wanda. It's still not completely answered. There's loads more to dissect. That's what's quite exciting. Well, based on your gesticulation, I gather next time we'll have more of an exchange of excitement. and You'll uh, have happier, Mark. Happier, Mark. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you next time, guys. Excelsior! Get social at The Two Marks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also check them out on YouTube.